So uh, Joe asked me to preach, and of course, what I try to do, I try to look up something on Simi Valley that's unique to you guys, Some, something that you can relate to in your Simi church. <laughs> Good morning, Phil. <laughs> and I saw that you guys have a Simi Valley Cajun and Blues Music Festival. You guys know about that? I guess it started yesterday. It goes through today. And I didn't realize what a big deal it was. I tried to do a little research on it. Let's see. Uh, Cajun, Zydeco Blues, and Blues and Roots of Music. You got dance lessons. It's, they can have a whole bunch of things for kids. You got the Memorial Day weekend here. Uh, you see the address right there at the uh, bit Santa Susana Park. Uh, I guess it's been going on for 27 years. Wow, 27 years here in Simi Valley. Um, you guys have up to 20,000 people. 20,000 people in Simi Valley that would attend this event. And I guess they have a bunch of humanitarian causes there, and donations have come in in excess of $1,600,000 just for donations for this particular event. So I'm not sure if you went on Saturday or you're going today, but this for Simi Valley, this actually is a big deal. Now, I'm incorporating this into the message because symbolically, in some kind of way for you guys, this could kind of be like a day of Pentecost for you guys. Of course, in that day, you had Jews from all over the world show up in Jerusalem at a certain time. And God uses opportunities always. Nothing random. For some reason, all those people happen to show up in Jerusalem. God goes, this is the time to start the very first church. And that church started. All these people came, and that was the opportunity. What if you applied Simi Valley? You guys have been here one year. This is your church. And this is a nice facility right here. And it's a nice size room. But it's a church. With the, you know, it's the whole mystery of the church. You're like the relationship between Christ and the church. You want to grow. And for you to grow, to be out of this room, go to the big room, you will have to spiritually have that on your mind and look for opportunities. Maybe go to something like even this. 20,000 people. Who knows? There, there's going to be kids and families there in Simi Valley. It's built on families. You guys being for church. What if you went there like it was your day of Pentecost? Full of the spirit. Full of opportunity. And something happened here. Maybe there's some family that has not begun along. Let's just go here and try to have some kind of good family time. And you guys went there saying, we're going to go to the family have a good time. But... We're going to share our faith, too. Imagine there was a couple that was going to get divorced, and you shared. There was some mother that hated her daughter, and the daughter hated the mother, and the father hated the son, and you didn't get along, and you went there, and you shared. What could possibly happen if this was like your day of Pentecost, and you approached this particular event, this opportunity, in that kind of way? This is your See Me Church. You know, the Spirit came on the church on, on the day of Pentecost that day, and Peter preached, full of knowledge. No, everything that he needed to know, and he took that opportunity to speak to all those people. And he had a certain mindset when he did it. Play the movie clip, please.
course, you see it's from the movie Dead Man Walking. And based on a true story of a guy that did horrible things and he's about to be executed. And Susan Sarandon is his spiritual advisor. And she's trying to get his, his sentence to be overturned. Peter comes to that day, that opportunity with all those people, full of spirit, full of knowledge. And he looked at everyone there as a dead man walking. The term is you're walking and you're living and breathing, but everyone's looking forward to this day of execution when you're no longer around. Peter came to that opportunity with all those people, and he saw a bunch of dead men walking. Imagine with you, you had a good quiet time one day. You read in the Bible, it said that, you know what, most people aren't going to go to heaven. And you went, wow, wait a minute, I, I know that already, but do I really know that? That when you go to school, when you go to Simi Valley High School, the most kids there, you're around, they're not going to heaven. When you go to your job, most people at your job are not, aren't going to heaven. When you go to the grocery store, if you decide to go to this festival, most people are like dead men walking. They're walking and breathing, but they don't know there's a day coming that they're not going to be saved. And you're there. How are you going to approach it? What if you had that attitude, I see a bunch of dead men walking. That's the way Peter approached that moment in verse 40 of Acts chapter 2. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. That he would have went to a festival like this and he wouldn't just went for some, some Louisiana popcorn or a rib or a sandwich. He would have saw a bunch of dead men walking and said, I'm going to try my best to have an opportunity with all these people to share as many as possible because that dead men walking. They're not going to make it. They're not going to be right with God. What if you had that attitude? This is Simi Valley. This is your church. And you want to grow it. But do you walk out and just go, oh, yeah, I already know that. Can I have a soda? Oh, I already know that. I'm going to make a sandwich. Oh, I already know that. Hey, let's go to the next event. Or do you say, this is your church. This is Simi Valley. Most people aren't going to go to heaven. There's dead men walking all over the place. Do you go to people and say, come on. And you plead with them. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Most people aren't going to make it. Do you have that kind of heart like Peter did? Peter's full of the spirit. He got it. He understands it. In 2 Peter chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on his ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, that Noah knew that most people on this earth was not going to make it, that a flood was coming. You guys here in the Simi Valley Church, you know a flood is coming. It's coming. We don't know when. We don't know what day. But it's coming. Guaranteed. As much as the grass is green and the sky is blue, the day is going to come. Noah knew this. And for 120 years, 120 years, he tried his best to save people. He tried his best with everything he had. Simi Valley Church. With everything you have. Do you know the day is coming? People are just having a good time, not knowing the dead men walking. Do you, do you look at it and you just go, okay, y'all, you know, and walk off? Or do you plead with people? Is that your heart to say, every 
everybody I come in contact with. Family, let's go to this event here. Not just for last, but to know there's people that are not going to make it. This is a great opportunity. Dead man walking. You can wonder why we're here show a club like that. That is so scary. Life is scary. Go to a high school at lunchtime and pay attention. Go to a college campus. Walk into a mall. Walk down the street. Life is scary. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do you see dead men walking? Or you just let it pass on by and figure, well, we're good. I'm fine. Okay. You're on your own. See me down to church. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. And you yourselves know this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freed him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep his hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my charm rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to these days. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath they would place one of the descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit has poured out on you what you're not seeing here. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. For Peter, this was a very personal message. He had been with Jesus all those three years, and he actually thought of all people, I'm Jesus' best friend. I love Jesus so much that somebody's going to try to kill Jesus, I die with him. And yet we know that he denied the Lord three times. His best friend. Turned on his best friend, disloyal. But now he's full of the Spirit, and he knows what this is all about. And this is a personal message to him. See me Valley Church. How personal is that message to you? How personal is it to you? How much do you go, I know in my past... I have messed up. I got secrets in my life I wouldn't want anyone in this room to know about. But God has forgiven me of it. Oh, thank you so much. Because I received that forgiveness, I want to go out and let everybody experience what I have in my life. It's a personal message to you. That's how it was with Peter. Oh, man, God has forgiven me so much. I, I turned on my best friend. 
and now he's right here with me, and I'm here in front of all you people, and this is a personal message. Can you make it personal when you go back to high school? Can you make it personal when you go to your job? Can you make it personal when you go through your neighborhood? When you drive through, oh, I know that neighbor, I know that neighbor, just go home, go to the door, watch TV. Can you make it personal? Can you go to an event like this, the, the, the Zodico Cajun Festival, and make it personal? But for Peter, it was very personal. Jesus was his friend, and he knew his friend died for him. And because of that, he was willing to give it all. He knew that Jesus did not die. It was impossible for death to hold Jesus. Jesus came back and said, everybody that's messed up, I'm ready to make it right. But they had to hear that message. And they're not just going to walk through it and it's just going to fly through the air. Somebody has to give the message. Simi Valley Church. Is it personal to you? Does it mean that much to you, church? Or do you go make another sandwich and pour a glass of milk and eat some cookies and go to bed? I said it in jest, but if you think about it, it can be that way if it's not personal to you. Everything powerful you're experiencing in your life right now is because of Jesus. Do not think that you have a good life because you have your education and because you've worked hard and because you've made the right friends. All of you in here right now that experiencing good things in your life is because of Jesus. Not because you're great and not because you're wonderful. It's because Jesus is great and Jesus is wonderful. If you make that personal to you, if you are grateful for that, you have no choice. You have no choice but to try to share goodness with everybody else. Can you make it personal? Not just, oh, Gary preached, he was loud, let's go to this event. No! Oh, well, you know, Joe's not here. We want to try to have a few more events. No! You want to do it. Nobody don't have to push you. Nobody don't have to prod you. It's personal to you. Just like it was to Peter. Verse 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He didn't mess around with it. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Not just, oh, find a certain church. Just get with a certain religion. Just be a good person. Put it right out there. Don't mess around with it. Repent and be baptized. What do I need to do to be right with God? Repent and be baptized. Don't be scared of it. I know you believe in it because you did it. And there's a lot of people out there that says, oh, just be a good person. Oh, just pray Jesus in my heart. And that's, no. I know you guys don't believe that. Preach that to me about the church. Don't be scared. What you going to be scared of? What's the worst going to happen? Are they going to throw you in jail here in Simi Valley? For sharing your faith? Or somebody going to shoot you for it? If they did, hey, be glorified. But I haven't read that story in no paper here that this happened. Peter didn't mess around with it. Sin will be exposed. You, maybe you'll go to a festival like that. Maybe somebody come to church and they hear messages coming from the Bible. And some guy man, cheated on his wife, or wife cheated on her husband. Maybe some kids have already lost their virginity. But maybe they come to church and go, oh, this is scary stuff. He's reading from the Bible. Sin will be exposed. And a lot of times people hide it, and they use that as an excuse to not get better with God. Somewhere inside, I really believe every person has done something bad, really want to expose their sin. Can you think about it no, you, enough? You can't let it go. And it's only through God that it can be done right, and you can move on. Peter didn't mess around. He said, Baptism is the answer. Right there at baptism, anything that anyone's ever done wrong, 
anything that anyone's ever done wrong can be wiped clean. That'll be your beginning. That'll be the freshness. It'll be freshness for marriage. It'll be the freshness for a relationship with the parents. It'll be your freshness and your confidence of who you are with God. He went right to baptism. He didn't even try to hide it. You know why? Because he knew the stakes were too high. He knew the stakes were too high. There's dead men walking. If he don't preach that message, people are not going to be saved. I was in a meeting the other day. was setting up for a teen camp. And the guy that's the director of our teen camp, he just seemed to be in the best of moods. Mike Mead. I said, hey, Mike, what's going on, dude? He said, it's been a rough week. I go, well, what's going on? He said that uh, there's a woman in the church, a single mom. She's been going for four years. She has an 18-year-old son, and she has a freshman daughter in high school. The son never really connected to the church. But one day, his best friend gets shot and killed. So he calls Mike up and says, Mike, you know, I will study the Bible now. And they start studying the Bible, and things are going well. Three weeks ago, Mike and his wife go to Japan for a vacation. When they come back from vacation, the boy says, hey, I still want to keep studying the Bible. They set up a cross-study for that Friday. That Thursday, he had a friend coming back from the Air Force, and he wanted to surprise his friend. So then he goes to a couple other friends' house, and they sit in the garage just talking, waiting for the friend from the Air Force. And these two guys from nowhere shows up, start arguing with his two friends. They get into a physical fight. The 18-year-old is in the fight. Someone pulls a gun out, and he's the only one that gets shot. He got killed. 18 years old, studying the Bible. Had the cross study. It's definitely a temptation to think, God, why did this happen? The kid was studying the Bible. It's right there. There's a single mom out there. And she, she lost her only son. She lost her only son. A couple of teens that just got baptized, stand up. There's a couple of teens here that just got baptized. Stand up. going to think someone that age is going to die. The stakes are too high. There's too much on the line to be quiet, to be silent, to be afraid. The church had a memorial that Friday to try to comfort the church, everyone. And lo and behold, to their surprise, the mother shows up and her daughter and the divorced father comes. And they didn't blame God at all. They thank God for the 18 years they had that boy. And they came to God for comfort. But they lost their son. I had a bunch of teenage boys been invited my house on Friday night. They've been at church, you know, their whole lives. So they spend the night Friday night, and we go down to Manhattan Beach at 5 in the morning and have a quiet time. 5 in the morning. But we, we saw the ocean there. It was awesome. We had a good breath. We had a good conversation. I was just asking the boys, I said, hey, you guys are like juniors and seniors in high school now. Like, and you guys really haven't connected. What's going on? They were like, well, you know, we've grown up in the church. And we're just kind of used to it now. Just like when we see this ocean, we've seen it before. It's no big deal for us. We'll do it someday. And then I read them the story about the 18-year-old boy. Someday. Someday I'll repent. Someday I'll go ahead and give my life to God. Someday I'll make it right. Maybe when I get married. Maybe when I finish high school. Maybe when I finish college, then I'll do it. This 18-year-old, he's done. It's over. My mom loses her only son. She's studying the Bible. 
I don't know why the happened. It'll be one of the questions when we got to heaven. God just like, can I see why did this guy go? Why'd he go? Seems like he was doing right. But the stakes are too high to mess around. We don't know if it's going to be a car wreck. We don't know if some crazy student going to show up at school. We don't know if you're going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. The stakes are too high. It's too much on the line. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. He pressed for an answer. He pressed for a response. When you guys go out there, don't be, don't be afraid. Just dead men walking. If, they, if you ask someone in the church or study the Bible and they say yes, then do it. If they say no, move on. But press for an answer. It's too much on the line. The stakes are too high. If someone wants to be open, then you had an opportunity. You took advantage of the share of your faith, and you'll be studying the Bible, hopefully baptize someone. If someone says no, you go to the next person. But do your part, Simple Valley Church. Amen. The stakes are too high. You got to make this personal. You got to want to do it. It can't be the one making you do it. You got to want to do it. There's a lot of dead men walking out there. Acts 2.41. Those who accepted this message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to the number that day. There's going to be 20,000 people that's going to be here at this festival. Probably on the day of Pentecost, who knows how many people was there on the day of Pentecost. But 3,000 got baptized. That's pretty awesome. If you went to a festival like that, 3,000 get baptized, you'll probably lose your mind. On the day of Pentecost, they baptized 3,000. I tell you what, if you went there and you baptized three, no, no, no. If you baptize one, it'll be worth it. That's one less dead man walking. That was on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was on Peter and he had all the answers he needed to know to go out there. And right now today, you guys have no less than Peter. You have that same Spirit of Jesus. You have that knowledge. All that you have to have is the willing heart. To open up your eyes and know, there's a bunch of dead men walking out there. Am I going to recognize that? Are you going to make it a personal message where, no, God's done good to me. I want to go out there. And realize if you waste time, the stake's too high. We don't know when it's going to end. God bless you, Simi Valley Church. I pray that this is a message that got to your hearts, that you go out there, you do miracles, get soul saved. We see less situations of an 18-year-old uh, that's going to die because we waited too long. God bless you.